Once again, oh, folks, thank you all for uh, being here at the uh, second annual Texas Tribune Festival. We've had uh, some pretty lively discussions so far, and I'm expecting nothing less from these two uh, gentlemen, former colleagues, colleagues in the uh, Texas House of Representatives. Different sides of the aisle, obviously, but they come together on certain issues as agriculture, border security, and whatnot. So, brief uh, introduction. Commissioner Todd Staples, he's the uh, current uh, Texas Agriculture Commissioner. He was a former city council member for the city of uh, Palestine or Palestine? Palestine. Palestine, all right. Yeah. Make sure I get that right. Uh, state representative from 1995 to 2001, and a Texas state senator from 2001 to 2007. He's held statewide office uh, for the last five years, and uh, who knows what 2014, um, you know, hasn't sold for him, but I'm sure we'll get to that, Commissioner. Um, he uh, recently launched a website that documents the, uh, the problems that uh, certain farmers and ranchers are having on the Texas border. It's uh, protectortexasborder.com. Um, if you all want to check that out and see some uh, testimonials about what um, certain people say is going down on the border. Whether it's safe or not, that's uh, an issue that we're going to discuss uh, here with Congressman Cuellar, um, who is one of eight children that was born to, uh, born to migrant farm workers, correct, Congressman? Right. Um, went to Georgetown, uh, got a master's in international trade from uh, Texas A&M International University down in his uh, hometown of Laredo, and a, a PhD in government from UT Austin. He was elected to Congress in 2005. Um, like I said, these two gentlemen, former colleagues in the Texas House of Representatives, um, different sides of the aisle, and uh, we'll see how they come together on border security. So I'd like to just start it off, Commissioner, if you wouldn't mind. Um, I think agriculture, Commissioner, I think uh, fever ticks, and I think gas pumps, I think you know, water rides and things like that. What prompted you to get so interested in, uh, in border security and put up this website? Well, thank you, Julian. It's good to be with you this morning, Congressman. It's good to be with you yes, again. Yes, I know sir. we visit very frequently. Uh, the reason that I got involved in this particular issue is because farmers and ranchers are literally being chased off their property. They're being shot at, they're being intimidated by transnational criminal organizations, and they're asking for help. And uh, Washington is in denial about the threats that are occurring right here in the state of Texas. And I want to say that operationally, that our uh, federal agents, both the Border Patrol, our DEA, our uh, Texas Department of Public Safety and our Rangers, our sheriffs and their deputies and our police officers are doing an admirable job with everything that they have to protect and defend our sovereignty and our landowners. Uh, but when Washington is in denial, it sends the wrong message. And they're asking for help, and that's why I'm involved. Congressman, you've been in Washington quite some time. Um, you, I've seen you at news conferences um, in Laredo saying that there's more boots on the ground now than there ever have been. There's more money into uh, Homeland Security. Uh, your brother is a Webb County Sheriff. Uh, Webb County obviously straddles the, the Rio Grande on the other side of Laredo, which is not a, a safe place to be. I think we can all agree on that. Um, so in your opinion, what's going on on this side of the border? Is, uh, is it as bad as uh, Commissioner Staple says? Well, first of all, let me uh, thank you very much, and I appreciate uh, the tribute for allowing us to be here. Uh, I, certainly, I want to say thank you to uh, Todd Staples. Todd and I were in appropriations in the State House. We're good friends, uh, so if you're expecting a debate, you're not going to get it today. I think we're going to uh, uh, come up with solutions because I think what's happening is I think the American public is frustrated with people just pointing fingers and, and saying one side is not doing the other side. I'm more interested in coming up with the solutions, and I know that Todd and I are going to be able to come up with some ideas at the end of this uh, conversation. But let me uh, uh, first of all say this. Uh, you know, one cannot say that Washington's in denial uh, when uh, you thank the Border Patrol, the ICE agents. I know we have one of the ICE uh, individuals here, Al Peña, who served uh, uh, with uh, ICE for many years. And as you know, we now are seeing more deportations than any other time of the uh, history. 
Uh, we now have uh, double the amount of Border Patrol uh, than what we have. Uh, we have 21,500 Border Patrol. 18,500 of them are on the southwest border of them. Over 8,000 of them are here on the uh, uh, Texas border. Uh, so we're putting this, and certainly money's coming in from Washington. If Washington was in denial, uh, certainly if you look at what the state of Texas has gotten, $2.3 billion to the state uh, that has come to the state, not to the federal government, not to uh, overtime border patrol, eyes. FBI or ATF, none of those. This is just to the state of Texas that has come in. So $2.3 billion. Again, can we do better? Yes, uh, but we all got to work together, and I certainly want to work with Todd uh, to find this. Uh, the border is interesting. Um, I live in the border. Uh, my wife and kids live in the border. I've lived there all, almost all my time there. And, and certainly I invite folks that are not from the border to come to the border so we can take a realistic approach. Uh, there's two extremes out there. Uh, one is uh, when two retired generals go up there and say that it is a war zone. Uh, the other extreme is you can look at FBI statistics to show that if you look at borders, FBI border statistics, uh, compared to the national statistics, the border is safer, at least those numbers, murder rates and all that, uh, and uh, if you take city by city per 100,000, uh, you will see that border areas have less murders and assaults and all that uh, to go that. Now, I don't want to get into a definitional uh, debate as to what is spillover, because we can certainly talk about it, but we can talk about uh, what spillover is. Well, Congressman, you, you commented a good bit, and we have, and you've worked yourself, have been a sponsor for additional resources, and. I'm grateful for you doing that. Uh, but you brought up the general's reports. Um, to say that it's improper to say that there's Washington's in denial. To attack two of our nation's senior military professionals, like you did in the congressional hearing, uh, and when they were merely, merely giving their reflection of what's going on based on their decades of experience, I, I think you're dead wrong. And, I, and, and I, don't, I don't want to follow up with that because here's why Washington is in denial. Uh, we have, we have uh, the President of the United States comes to the University of Texas in El Paso and makes jokes about the safety and security of our country and, and about joking about the border you know, being safer than ever. We have the Secretary of Homeland Security saying that. We've had 140 dead bodies that have been discovered in the last year alone on two rural Texas counties. Uh, the statistics that are cited are great statistics, but no amount of statistics can cover up the blood that has been shed at the hands of drug cartel members. No amount of statistics can be manipulated to cover up the bullet holes. Commissioner, if I can interrupt, why, why aren't those, why aren't those statistics cited, though? As, the, as Congressman looks at, looks at black and white numbers and you say, well, those aren't always accurate, is the, the UCR crime report that people are looking at erroneously? Or what is it? Why aren't those stats shown up? Here's why those stats don't tell the real story. UCR data covers eight major crime categories. Uh, they do not cover uh, uh, drug trafficking. UCR data does not cover money laundering, human trafficking, uh, kidnapping, extortion are not included in that data. And, and let's think about this. We have, we have 1,241 miles between Texas and Mexico. We have some great communities there. I go there often. 
93% of our Texas-Mexico border is unincorporated and it's largely rural. That's the reality, and we have a rural runaround that is occurring right across Texas ranch lands and landowners. Congressman, right. some, of these, some of these folks on the, on the videos are, are in your district and they're saying that there is a problem, so how do you, how do you respond to what the commissioner well, said? First of all, two things. I will not dispute anybody in the video. I think any personal experience, uh, any feelings about what happened, I'm not going to dispute them at all. Uh, at all. And certainly I want to, uh, we had a, um, right after we had that conversation, uh, we had a, a uh, we brought in the ag uh, folks. We brought in different ranchers. I invited Todd uh, Staples. He couldn't make it, but we brought in ranchers from the South Texas border area with our law enforcement officials. And we asked the ranchers, what else can we do to work with you? And we came up with a ser series of solutions. I'm more interested in not painting a picture. I'm more interested in finding solutions on how we do this. Now, uh, just to say something about uh, the two retired generals, I respect uh, our military, but all I did was very simple. And I think, as any individual, you would ask questions. All I asked them, were you paid $85,000 from the Ag Commissioner to come up with a report where you never came down to talk to him about any other border? Because they basically pasted things. Uh, they didn't like that question. I asked them, did you ever go and talk to any law enforcement people on the border? And I just asked them very simple questions. If somebody can, like that movie said in the, uh, uh, you know, you can't handle the truth, all I was asking them questions, did you do this? That was it. If people get insulted, uh, they can come in and insult the border by saying it's a war zone, but you can't even ask them questions as to how they did the study, that's it. Now, again, I'm a realist. I'm a realist about what's happening at the border. I know what's happening on the border. I, I think I have a general idea with what's happening across the river. Uh, I've sat down, as you know, with Enrique Peña Neto, the new president coming in in, in Mexico. I've sat down with Calderon. We have to start with approach. Mexico is not an enemy. If you start off with an approach that Mexico is an enemy, they're not a friend, so we've got to work together with law enforcement, we've got to start off with working together to protect the border. It's a transnational crime organization that's affecting us. Now, they're in 250 plus cities. They're in Austin, Texas, they're in Laredo, they're in Washington, they're here already. The drug cartels are here already. We know this. I'm a realist, but I'm, instead of trying to fight over, uh, debate over, you know, is it terrible, is it worse, is it, I want to come up with solutions and Todd, I'm ready to work with you. Commissioner, $85,000, is that the accurate price tag for the report? Uh, it, it, you know, if we're going to talk about... Uh, so is it, do you yeah, think it's justified if that is the price tag? I, I think we are missing opportunities to secure our border when we go to two of our nation's senior military professionals and ask them to help clear up this issue about what is taking place. And they say that the drug cartels are seeking to gain a foothold in the United States of America they say that, uh, report what law enforcement are saying, that it is a war zone, and if you're being shot at, and if you've been engaged in those gun battles, and if you have people chasing you off your property, I would suggest to you that's what it is. Uh, and I'm not going to quibble with them. Uh, Mexico is the number one trading partner for the state of Texas. We, we agree very much how important that legal trade is, and it is that legal trade that we seek to preserve. But, but we have a disconnect, and, and California and Arizona and New Mexico have about 14 plus border agents per border mile. Texas has barely over six. 
we have had a buildup along those other states that has pushed that trade, that has pushed that traffic rush right across through Texas. And Congressman, I do want to work with you, and you have had some good ideals, but we have to, I think the American people just want the truth. They want the truth of what is taking place, and people are stepping up and saying that, and the truth is there is a rural runaround, and we do need those resources, and we need parity with our sister states of number of Border Patrol persons. And, and the reason we got to work together as Democrats and Republicans, I'm in the Homeland Security Committee, I'm in the Act Committee, and be happy to talk to you how the majority has stopped the Farm Bill from passing the first time in a long time. You know the Farm Bill is very important to both of us, as uh, knowing, talking about fever takes, talking about farm, it is very important to the state of Texas, and we're, it's about to expire uh, on December, I mean on, on September 30th. But on, on this issue, we, we gotta work together because Democrats are Republicans, it's not a, a Republican. We had in Homeland to add a thousand new border patrol, a thousand new border patrol, and it went down straight party. And I don't have to tell you how it went. I voted in favor, went down straight party ticket. One side said no, we said yes, and I said, well, hold it. If you're saying that the border's a, quote, war zone, like some people say, then why don't we put the border patrol down there at the border? I want to put aside partisan sides. I don't want to spend time on definitions and this. I want to know how do we work together? When we sat down with uh, uh, the uh, Border Patrol and other law enforcement uh, sheriffs from South Texas after uh, your conversation, we, we, we sat down with them and we still need to do more. They've set up uh, liaisons uh, and I can give you a complete list of what they've done. Robert Harris, who's the chief uh, commander for the Border Patrol, uh, and other folks down there has sat down with them, and we need to know. I've lived in a ranch, I know what it is, I understand this. I live on the border, I understand this. I understand that the border also, knowing about the facts. If there was a war zone, the border's growing faster percentage-wise than other parts of the state of Texas. The businesses are growing there. So businesses are growing there, but I do understand as a realist that there are problems. This is why I fought to bring in new technology. Uh, this is why I fought to you know, bring the UAVs. This is why I fought to bring in the excess uh, equipment from Iraq and Afghanistan after coming back. And, and we're doing all this, but we've got to work together. And I appreciate your efforts there, but I would suggest to you that the people that are pulling the strings, the President of the United States, uh, it is being undermined to allow those new resources to happen and to get what we need when we give mixed messages. Uh, last year, you had a press release that said the U.S. has not seen any spillover violence yet. I think saying that the U.S. hasn't received any spillover violence when we're acknowledging that there are deaths, we've been, our law enforcement have been engaged in multiple gun battles, we've had people killed, uh, tons of narcotics have been uh, caught, that, and that's not to mention the ones we can't caught. I think that's what's impeding this, and we need to recognize for what it is the drug cartel members, transnational criminal organizations, we can't pursue them across the international border, and we need a message that we're going to put whatever it takes to defend this sovereignty of our country. Commissioner, and, and, real quick, Congressman, if I can ask a, a follow-up question. Um, he, he made the point that, you know, he had, there was a, a bill to fund more Border Patrol agents. Uh, it's, I don't think it's a, I think it's well known that um, Republicans and uh, Washington don't like to spend a lot of money. So, I mean, to, to his, uh, 
to his comment that it's members of your own party that didn't want to fund this border security initiative. Well, look, I think people are tired of blaming parties. We could sit up here and blame parties. That's exactly what I just said. And, and I, <laughs> you and I agree on that. But, but before you did that, you blamed Republicans. Before you said no, that. No, no, no. I, I said. Yes, you I, did. I, I and, said and you blamed I, the president. All I said, you blamed the You can't blame the president in a whole But you did blame you know, Republicans. Well, you asked me a question. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> you asked me a question. I don't respond. Okay, yeah. Here, yes, sir. Give him a chance. Uh, we, I acknowledge that both President Bush and President Obama have increased the number of Border Patrol. I acknowledge that we've had increase of resources. But when you have a disparity of resources in those other states, it only pushes that traffic across Texas. Yeah. It makes it worse. So what we need to do is come together, and I'm willing to do that with you because well, we are friends. Let's do it. Let's do it. And, Listen. And, and to find these solutions. But I, but I don't want to suggest yeah, it's, that it's, things it's, are safer than ever. I think that sends the wrong message because you and I have both been on appropriations. Yes. We know if you get up there and you say, well, we've got a terrible problem, but really it's okay, then people get a mixed message. And it's not okay. Our farmers and ranchers and landlords are saying it's not okay. And you've heard them and I've both heard Yeah, them. no, and I, and, and I have. And look, and my position is very simple. I don't like people calling it the war zone, but I'm a realist. And I got three brothers that are peace officers, and one of them is a border sheriff. You, used to be with DPS for 27, 28 years doing narcotics and intelligence, my brother Martin. So I know the reality of what's happening out there. And this is why, but at the same time, you know, this is Texas. It doesn't stop at the border. We gotta make sure that we work together. The problem is this, is the problem is that if you wanna talk about Washington in general, in general, um, you know, we got the George Bush tax cuts that are about to expire at the end of the year. And I've supported them, I'm telling you, I've, I've supported them. But they're coming in at the end of the year. We have to do a sequestration, which means that we already cut $1 trillion. We have to cut another uh, $1 trillion, $1.2 trillion. We got other issues coming in, the debt limit coming in, all coming in at the end of the year. So when we come in at the end of the year, you know, we're faced with one thing that a lot of people tell us do. One, don't raise our taxes. Two, you better not cut our services. And three, reduce that deficit. Now, you know it's going to be very, very hard. We just, the only way we can do this is by working in a bipartisan way together. I want to work with you, uh, just like we did in 2010. In 2010, we put $600 billion for border security, largest amount ever for border security. But it's not only border security, but it's also other issues that would help us. Immigration reform, which I understand, and I want to thank you. I want to thank Todd Staples publicly for the position on, on, on the ag reform itself, because we need a guest worker program. This plan. is the guest worker program that was adopted at the state convention. Yeah, exactly. Correct. And I want to you agree no, with. No, he did it before. He, I think you did it yeah, before did. the Republican uh, And, and re there. recently at your convention with the ag commissioners. Yeah, in the, in the and, and, yeah but I think, I think that effort is, is uh, a good one yeah, that, and, that we're doing at the party level. And, and, but, but, but other but, things but, get but, to derail that. Right, but, that. But, but let me just say this. Uh, when we talk about board security, we got to keep in mind it's not what we do at the border, but it's also the great policies that we're looking at. If you look at 2001, uh, we started to have a conversation about national security. Then the, the national security came in and they said borders, both south and north, there's vulnerability. So the borders came in. And then at the same time, we saw the drug cartels over there. So part of it, we started saying, well, what do we do? We put more staff, we added more equipment, we added some walls uh, uh, on the border. And then tied into that, what we had also was we got to keep in mind that the terrorists, this started off with the terrorists of 9-11, did not come in through the southern border, did not come in through the southern border. They came in through visas and student uh, visas. 
So when we're looking at all this conversation of national security, uh, we also had some people that started pushing for more restrictive immigration policies. I feel that if you want to help with border security, just like Todd and I believe, you have a full comprehensive, well, at least I believe in a full comprehensive immigration reform that includes border security, that includes a, a guest worker plan, and we got to figure out what to do with the 11 or 12 million undocumented aliens. Because if you know who comes into work and who goes back because they're under a guest worker plan, then you can focus your resources like, I, like ICE and other folks will know on the bad people that are coming in for other reasons. This is why it's a more comprehensive than just saying more boots on the ground. Commissioner, Commissioner what's, the, what's the magic number that you would like to see in Texas at least? How, how many more you know, boots on the ground? Bring I, I, it to Perry to California, Arizona, New Mexico? Sure. Or? But before I answer that, I want to just clarify one issue. Those terrorists on 9-11 may have not come through the southern border, but we, we do know and we have confirmed that people from Afghanistan and Pakistan and Iran and Iraq have been, have, yes. have been apprehended coming across that border. So OTMs. It, 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 that's correct. Right, that's correct. OTM. It okay. is a very serious issue. How many, there, how many is it? I mean, there, I'm sure one is too many no in y'all's eyes. There's no solution that can solve our border insecurity, but there are things we can do. We can start out by not claiming the border is safer than ever. When even people that uh, uh, Sheriff Trevino, who uh, would take issue with the Protect Your Texas Border website, acknowledges that South Texas is the preferred smuggling route uh, for moving illegal drugs into our country and right, much of it right through Hidalgo County. We do need to secure our border by increasing the Border Patrol boots on the ground. We need to do that by uh, giving us minimum, start out with what California, Arizona, and New Mexico have. We need to increase our National Guard troops, not, not limit them. We need to increase them. We need to continue to fund our local law enforcement, sheriff, and police for overtime. Uh, we need to change the rules of engagement uh, for our uh, officials. And we also need to categorize cartel violence for what it is, terroristic activity, go after them in their pocketbook, and shut them down financially. You, you uh, disagree yeah. with uh, Congressman McCall on the bill that was uh, to categorize the cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. Do you still have that, uh, do you still yeah, have that position? Look, look my, my problem is... Are they terrorists or not? Yeah, they, they do create uh, certain things that, that are considered terrorists, asked on Be, that, but my, 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 thing is, my thing is law enforcement, we need to put resources for law enforcement, and we've been working on that, uh, on that particular part. But listen, this is what we're looking at right now. We're looking at the border, and nobody's denying. I know uh, uh, Sheriff Trevino; he does a heck of a job, and I think proud of that, what no, he does. No, and I'm very proud of what he does. The men and women who come in, but again, my situation is very simple. It, it's very simple. I have always pushed, and we pushed to get more security on the border. But it's not only the security and making sure that the urban areas and the rural areas, just like the plan, uh, the work that that's been done here, but we gotta all work together. Uh, in fact, last night, the Senate, midnight, uh, passed one of my bills that will call for uh, coordination between the state, federal, and local levels. We gotta work together. The old days, and I remember two years ago, uh, the, the state of Texas, and again, excuse me, but that's, the state of Texas had a secret plan to protect the border, and I'm here, I called, I got a couple of Homeland Security, I said, whoa, 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 whoa. We called the state, I won't mention his name, but I said, hey, what's the secret plan? We're not supposed to have anything secret. We're all supposed to be working together, state, local, federal level together. It's the border security that working together. I'm a member of Homeland Security, I'm a member of AG, I understand the connections, and I wanna continue working uh, with Todd, because again, 
We can spend all the time, but I'm still waiting. What are the solutions? I want to get ideas. I want to get input on how we can work together. In addition want... to those solutions that I just enumerated, I do think we need to continue, and I know you and I agree on this, to modernize our legal ports of entry. A tremendous amount of trade comes through our ports on a daily basis. Uh, through Texas exports and imports, it's over $200 billion a year. Agriculture is about 10% of that. So that's a big part of solving a porous border. Well, well I, I'm glad that we're expanding it from just one part, because you talked talk to me about Laredo, uh, Laredo, Texas, the largest inland port in Absolutely. the whole country. Yeah. There. Uh, talk to me about trying to say, if you look at where we put more money, we put more money in men and women in green, which is Border Patrol, but we can't forget about the men and women in right. blue, which is the border. Uh, the ports of entry, so make sure that we move this. Uh, keep in mind that the U.S. and Mexico, every day there's a billion, $1.2 billion of trade between the U.S. and Mexico. Uh, keep in mind that there are 6 million jobs who created in the, have been created in the, in the U.S. because of the trade that we have with Mexico. We got to work with Mexico and we got to uh, look at, the, at, the, uh, at how we work with them, especially uh, when we talk about the border, because the border is a very dynamic uh, aspect of it. If I can transition into a to spillover violence. Recently, there was a, a prominent, members of a prominent family from Laredo that were uh, indicted, let's say not convicted yet, uh, but indicted on gun running charges. Um, there's been court cases where teenage sicarios hitmen uh, operated in Laredo, Texas, U.S. citizens that were there. On two fronts, that, that speaks to the fact that there is some activity on this side of the border. But on the other side, uh, you, could, you could build a border fence to to the pearly gates if you wanted to, and that's not gonna keep that from coming across or from, you know, that's gonna keep it confined to Texas. So both of y'all take, take a minute and tell me what is the level of spillover violence that's occurring on this side? Well, I, it's been very documented. You, you can just look uh, at the news reports uh, just this last week alone. Uh, there has been a former Houston police officer that's been indicted on money laundering charges in uh, Houston. We have uh, kidnapping cases in Fort Bend County in San Antonio last year in Austin a drug cartel operation was busted up with ties to Mexico. Uh, there's a case, a trial, a criminal trial that's occurring right now in Brownsville where one of the head cartel henchmen uh, are, is spilling the beans uh, about what's really going on. Sure. Two weeks ago, or I'll say last month, uh, the special agent in charge of the DEA in Chicago uh, said that uh, Chapo Guzman was the number one criminal, not in drug cartels, but in the world. And he has a hub in Chicago that is making parts of Chicago as violent as Mexican border towns today. That's happening in the heartland of America. Uh, that's, that's why it's frustrating for landowners to hear the border is more secure than ever. Congress? That's why it's frustrating. U.S. citizens and participating yeah, in this yeah. activity? No, listen, listen, nobody is disagreeing that there are problems. Nobody's disagreeing. And I can give you a lot more figures than, than, than you get, but I, I, nobody's disagreeing. Nobody's disputing that. The, yeah, yeah, is there a problem? Yes. But is it the war zone that they're doing? No. We spent so much time trying to categorize what the problem is. Again, I'm more interested in the solutions. How do we get to the solutions themselves? And that's what I want to know. I can give you a lot more figures on that, but again, I'm more interested in the solutions. Uh, how do we work together? How do we coordinate together? The bill that I passed last night, named after Jaime Zapata, uh, the ICE agent that got killed, uh, about coordinating between the state, federal, and locals together. 
Uh, they're here already, and I've said this, over 250 cities. They're here in Austin, Texas right now. How infiltrated is Laredo, Texas? It's not only Laredo, it's everywhere. But I mean, but your, your district cities. specifically, how, yeah, how look, when you hear from Mayor Salinas, you hear from police yeah. chiefs, how concerned are they that Laredo, Texas anytime, is infiltrated with Anytime you have a situation in Mexico that's very, very difficult, then of course you're always worried about the spillover, and there are uh, in, incidents. Nobody's saying that there's no incidents at all. Nobody's saying that. The question is, how do you address those particular, how do we address, how do we work together? Are we gonna spend time more trying to characterize the problem? Or are we gonna figure out, do we, uh, you know, how do we work intelligence? How do we work uh, with our ICE agents? Uh, how do we work with the different officials? How do we work on that? Uh, how do we work with the, you know, in the last three years, uh, the United States has spent, Congress has appropriated $31 billion for rehab uh, and, and education on drugs. Uh, how do we work, you know, everybody says, well, it's security, security. I agree, being a member of Homeland Security, it is security. But what about the rehab part of it also? What about that part also? What about also the 25 to $30 billion, and there's different figures, I've seen your numbers, 39 billion, whatever the number by is, of drug consumption that we have here that we sent off to Mexico. Do you know why there's a huge violence over there, why they're fighting so hard, and why they're coming over here to protect their, their money? because the United States consumes 25 to $30 billion a year on drugs itself. Commissioner, will that help addressing the drug addiction problem here in the United Absolutely. States? Absolutely. Every time illegal drugs are bought, we're buying bullets. Those people that buy illegal drugs are buying bullets to shoot at our law enforcement officers. Um, and I'm glad you said bullets. I want to get to another topic here. Um, Texans, we, we love our guns, most of us do. Apparently a lot of Mexicans love our guns as well. Do you guys, are you guys, uh, I mean, you can dispute 90%, 50%, however many are traced back to Texas and the United States. What is wrong if you're not doing anything, um, no illegal activity with your guns? What is wrong with reporting the multiple sale of, of uh, you know, high-powered weapons, AK-47s, handguns? Is there any problem with that? I know it's a Second Amendment issue, but like I said, are these folks who are just purchasing these guns to go hunting? What's the problem with reporting them to ATF? I think, I think you said it, but in with no but. It is a Second Amendment issue. No, no, but. Congressman? Oh, I'm uh, supported by the, uh, I believe in the Second Amendment, and uh, I think we can find the books. I mean, the laws are in the books right now to enforce them, put more ATF agents out there, uh, work with the, um, uh, with the Mexicans out there, got to be smarter how we work them. Uh, we gave them the E-Trace um, uh, program out there uh, to the uh, Mexicans. When I was down there talking to them, they said, hey, this is great that the U.S. working, but there's a little problem. You left it in English. We need it in Spanish. So we got to make sure that we, you know, you know, are a little sensitive working with, uh, with the Mexicans. But again, uh, we got to understand that in, in the United States, we have a Second Amendment. There are certain books in the law that I think we can implement, uh, enforce, put more per, uh, personal to address that. And we did add a lot more ATF uh, agents out there. The, uh, he mentioned um, Mr. the former governor of Mexico State, Enrique Peña Nieto, who's going to be sworn in December 1 as the new, new president of Mexico. You're obviously very familiar with him. You call him, you know, Tocayo. He's a friend, a personal friend of yours. Um, you've said that you still want to get to the issues with him. Commissioner, what, is, what do you see happening December 2nd as far as U.S.-Mexico policy? Uh, I hope that uh, the new administration in Mexico takes that very bold and strong stance against the drug cartel operators. I hope that the Merida initiative that Congress funded between the United States government and Mexico uh, has a great deal of oversight and accountability on how those dollars are being spent. And I hope we have a greater level of cooperation between our law enforcement and Mexican law enforcement. When we, when our law enforcement officials in Webb County, when your brother's sheriff's deputies are chasing a drug load 
and they're going down for a splashdown in the Rio Grande, I would like to see Mexican military meeting us on the other side and giving them no place to hide. That's what I hope is the result of this, and I have high expectations that that's occurring, and we'll be watching closely. I, th I think we, we, all, we all hope, but realistically, looking at it pragmatically, do you think anything, there's going to be a major shift? I mean, do you, do you trust Mexican law enforcement currently? Um, General McCaffrey. Here we go again. Uh, Four-star four uh, general uh, issued a report to That's the United requested. States Military Academy, uh, issued a report just this summer that said the Mexican drug cartels are spending $100 million a month bribing law enforcement and local officials. Um, that sounds like you don't trust Mexican law enforcement. Uh, look, hey, uh, you look at the level of the, 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 Mexican, the Mexican government is kicking out about 65,000 law enforcement officers in Mexico today who are a part of that system. I think it, we have to have a high level of accountability with what's being done, and we, we expect the best, and we're going to be inspecting what we expect. Congressman, there's the AFI was just disbanded. It seems like every few years that Mexico tries to, to create a new federal force to try to address the problem, try to purge. Um, the local and state cops, the way you say that are, that are you know, failed lie detector tests or whatnot. Do you trust the Mexican law enforcement? Let, um, not all of them. Uh, let, me, let me go ahead and say this. Uh, we got to start with the basic premise that Mexico is a friend of ours, not an enemy. You agree? No. Mexico is a very valuable trade partner. They're a friend. And General McCaffrey praised high heats on the Mexican military. <laughs> okay. 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 Without okay. mentioning okay. McCaffrey. Yeah. All right, okay. Congressman, I'm sorry to interrupt. He, he's not here, it's just you and I. But let, let me say this. No, Congressman, no, 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 don't be condescending about reports. You've got a stack of papers in front of you, Henry. Don't try to say issues like that. Let's answer the question. Law, do you trust That's Mexican law enforcement? You said not all of them. Yeah, I just said not all of them. Let me go ahead and say this, Todd. Let's not get excited. Let's calm down. Let me just say this. Listen, when... When you look at Mexico, and we understand they got a 2,000-mile border with us, uh, 1,200 of them is with Texas, number one. We know the trade, a lot of it's ag, $1.2 billion a day of trade with Mexico. Texas is the biggest one. Laredo is the largest uh, inland port. When you look at the importance of Mexico, before we did Merida plan, the U.S. was assisting Mexico with $36 million. Here we are, this neighbor that's so important to us, we're assisting. At the same time, the United States were given five countries in the world, 25% of all the foreign aid that we do, a lot of money. Israel, Egypt, Pakistan, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Nothing wrong with that, but we gotta work with our friends to the south. We put in 1.4, and I think with additional money, it's about $1.9 billion. For every $1 that we've helped with Mexico, uh, they spend $13. So they're spending a lot of money on security. They gotta we got to understand what they're doing. Now, Plan Medida, when we started off, we did the easy things. Buying them helicopters, buying this. I worked with Ambassador Tony Garza. I worked with George Bush. In fact, I filed the first legislation before Bush even talked about the Plan Medida because I felt that strongly about helping Mexico. But nevertheless, we worked together. We, we did the easy things uh, with Mexico, the helicopters and the planes. The hard part is this, is we got to start training or building their capacity, the prison systems, the judiciary, the prosecutors, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, you know, the policemen. We're working on it at the federal level. We actually, they, they've trained about 36,000 police. I think they should have 150,000 or maybe more than that, but there are about 36,000. 
We got to go into judges. We got to train the judges, the prosecutors. Did you know that a prosecutor here in the United States, if he or she wants to get you, they have a 95% chance to get you? Did you know that in Mexico, if a prosecutor wants to get you, they have a less than, less than a 2% chance? So if the police get you, maybe, uh, and the prosecutor gets you, you know, you're going to be out there. The capacity building is going to take a long time. We need to have a long-term commitment with Mexico to make sure that happens. The difference between the U.S. and Mexico in many ways, besides them having a balanced budget, which we don't, and we need to have a balanced <laughs> budget, and their, and, their, and their economic growth faster than us, the difference is that our institutions, the judges, the prosecutors, the law enforcement, we have a much better institution here. We got to help them build that, but it's going to take time. Is that, is that because drug cartels pay better than, than well, know, it, the, the better well, pay than know, to be a know, Mexican judge or know, and, and there is corruption on both sides. If you saw the general inspection, uh, inspector, they, they came out 1,389 cases that they came up on homeland security. Homeland security numbers, uh, folks over here. Is there corruption on both sides? Yes. That, that but, number is but, how many people have been, have been prosecuted? What well, was that well, number? I'm sorry. Well, they, they came out with 1,300. I think they convicted over 200. Okay. About over two, almost time. Yeah, yeah, over, yeah. 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 And, and, there's, and they're still going. They're still going. But what I say, you know, it's our capacity. Here in the United States, we have an institutions that are just stronger. I mean, they're just a lot. Their civil institutions are stronger. Over there, when you have weak institutions, then the drug cartels can give money and buy off people. Not that it doesn't happen in the U.S., but it certainly happens a and lot and more. Until, that's, we, that's we, do until that. we drive their money train, until their dirty profits are derailed by categorizing it as terroristic activity and, and just bankrupting them, they're still going to have the resources to do that. Talking about Mexico being a friend, one of the first things that I did as Commissioner of Agriculture was created an MOU with Nuevo Leon to have an exchange program. Okay. Uh, Texas students, ag students to go live in Nuevo Leon yep. and those to come here, but with the violence that's occurring, we yep. weren't able to implement it. Yep. That's, that's crippling agriculture in many different ways and, we, can, and we've got to get a hold of can, it. Can I just talk about numbers real quickly? I, I just, uh, real, real quickly, I want to give the folks a quick, chance. Sure. UCR, which is the uniform crime uh, numbers that you're talking about, that's the numbers that the FBI uses to look at crime, so people report. There is a, the other one, uh, which I think you're familiar with, uh, which is the other, the other one has to do, that has, includes uh, home invasions, kidnappings, and the other things that people want us to include it. The FBI is slowly shifting over that area. Uh, the, the state of Texas got a federal grant some years ago to actually do that shift, uh, except when I got my FBI briefing, Texas is only at 12%. So we can start doing that, uh, you know, categorizing more numbers so we can get this accurate pe people, the, uh, the people want. But, but we got to remember, we don't want to overload our law enforcement filling out paperwork like we did with, uh, with teachers some time ago. I want them out on the streets instead of filling out the paperwork. But the state of Texas actually is doing some of that. So. Some more support staff. Yeah, to, we to help just us. put some money there, and the state of Texas can get all the figures that you want to. Com Commissioner, we spoke about this briefly, and I want to I want to ask you before I open it up to uh, to questions from the audience. Um, two years from now, you may be campaigning for higher office. Is it? And when hey, I man, I better be when, nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when the the website story when the website was launched, uh, you you had people that praise you for doing it. You also have people that are criticizing you, saying you were trying to maybe get a 
a jump on maybe other people that might be running for a higher office in 2014. What are your ambitions in 2014? Well, and is this website directly tied, and the border security issue tied to, to maybe what you might be saying on the campaign trail two years from now? This website is directly tied to the president politicizing this issue and going to UTEP and making these false claims. That's what it is. I've served as a state representative, uh, state senator, uh, elected as commissioner of agriculture. The people of Texas elected me to solve problems, not to shun them. And I do have an exploratory committee for lieutenant governor in 2014. That has nothing to do with what we're going to do to solve these problems. I have been an advocate for landowner rights. This is the greatest usurpation of landowner rights uh, that I can imagine when you have drug cartel members chasing people off their property. That's what it's really all about. Okay. Folks, I'd like to open it up to questions from you all. If you guys want to line up at the microphones, and we'll just kind of go in order from left to right. Appreciate it. But real quick, big, hand, uh, big round of applause here for the uh, two former colleagues. And if, if we could not mention the word general in the questions, that, that'd be all fine with me. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you both for being here. Uh, my question is related to something that uh, Commissioner Staples said. Uh, you mentioned that it's, uh, people who buy illegal drugs are basically buying bullets to shoot at our border patrol agents. Um, and I think embedded in that statement is the fact that because these drugs are illegal, that, that, that's a huge reason why there is so much violence. And, uh, clearly, there's demand. I think 30 billion uh, in illegal drugs purchased. Someone mentioned. Um, so wh why are we at least considering or debating uh, legalizing, regulating, and taxing uh, marijuana, for example, which, by my many medical studies, is less harmful uh, than is alcohol or tobacco, which we do the same for. Thank you. Thank you for that question that comes up quite frequently. Uh, to assume that legalizing marijuana would not continue the heinous activities associated with cocaine and heroin and methamphetamines is not recognizing the cartels for the violent criminal organizations that they are. In fact, we have studies that show because drug sales have declined, they have expanded into kidnapping in order to increase their revenue streams. They have expanded into being one of the biggest uh, copyright violators and uh, moving uh, copyrighted material between our countries. We're dealing with bad people who want to inflict harm on anyone that stands in their way from making a profit. Uh, and that's simply not going to solve our problems and it is not a true reflection of the real crime when you have people that are beheading and decapitating bodies and hanging them in public Congressman, legalized pot, yes or no? No, I don't believe in that. I'm, I'm sorry. I think we can find other uh, uh, solutions, uh, but I don't think that's the right solution. I do uh, believe that uh, rehab, uh, education, starting off with the kids at a very young age, that's important. Uh, uh, you know, the last three years, we put in about $31 billion uh, in, uh, in that process from the uh, U.S. Congress. Uh, that doesn't include what the state does or local levels or nonprofits do. But keep in mind, all of this is fueled by whatever the right numbers might be, uh, 25 to $30 billion of uh, uh, illegal drugs consumption in the U.S. And it's a big market. It's a big market. And that's why they're killing uh, each other over there, the, the violent, very horrific violence over there. That's what we're seeing over there. It's, it's a large consumption on that. But I, uh, legalizing uh, drugs, I don't believe that. Uh, do I believe in guns? Yes, NRA. Sir, you've been patient standing uh, Thank you very much. Uh, I come as a Texan who was... Uh, raised in Del Rio in Eagle Pass and son of a border patrolman with two brothers-in-law who were in the border patrol. So I come with a kind of a special sense of the issue that, you're, that we're discussing here today. Uh, I'd like to focus on uh, the distinction between symptoms and causes. 
the, the border is certainly porous, and it is porous for people here uh, from Mexico without proper documentation. Uh, but they are here largely to find work. Uh, and they are finding work because we in Texas are willing to hire them and pay them money. Uh, and that is, the, that is the basic cause. Uh, and the drug issue is that uh, if it were not the fact that we were the market, we, buy, we are the folks that buy the stuff. Is, is your question and about the demand for cheap the, labor, sir? The, the question is, how can, from a policy standpoint, what would you do to address those fundamental issues? Our consumption of the product and our willingness to hire the people who come here and want to work. Congressman, let's yeah. take that first. Well, you know, first of all, thank you. Uh, coming from uh, Border Patrol, law enforcement, I really, really want to thank you uh, and your family for doing that. And uh, living on the border, I think you understand uh, the situation. As I said a few minutes ago, yes, we can uh, staff more folks like we've done. Uh, Border Patrol has now been double the amount uh, that we've had. Uh, but it's also not only the staffing and the technology and the equipment, but it's also the policies dealing with, uh, also with immigration also. I've always said that if we have a full immigration reform bill, uh, then we can let the people that are coming in to work, that, I, that will come in, whether it's ag or whatever the other area might be, uh, we gotta do that, then we can focus our resources uh, on those bad people that are trying to come in to hurt us in one way or the other with drugs, smuggling, trafficking, whatever the case might be. We gotta look at that approach. Commissioner, you're, you're right. Commissioner, lots of folks in the ag industry like hiring, you know, some people without proper documentation. What do you think? Well, thank you and your family for your service in protecting our country on the issue of um, uh, illegal drug consumption and purchases. One thing, I wish Hollywood wouldn't glamorize it the way they do. That would help a whole lot for sending the right message to young people. On the issue of our failed immigration system, it, it is a contributor. I've been in helicopters overhead in the middle of the night with Texas DPS communicating with Border Patrol on the ground, and they don't know if it's somebody has an AK-47, a load of drugs, or somebody looking for one. And uh, our country has relied on guest labor for 60-plus years, and we need to solve that problem, and uh, you are seeing more proposals. The uh, ag commissioners and secretaries from across the country have. Uh, it gets politicized because part of solving the 11 million people that are here illegally, some politicize it by wanting to offer citizenship. We tried amnesty in 1986 and it failed. We have a mechanism for becoming a citizen of our country. It's called the naturalization process. Let's use that. Let's separate that from establishing our workforce needs. And I believe we can come together and get something done. Yeah, and let me just say this uh, to add on. Uh, on the immigration, uh, we want to make sure, and I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I've always said people that talk about doing immigration, uh, and by the way, the 1986 law was President Reagan in a Democratic Congress. I don't believe in amnesty also myself. I don't. I think there's a way we can take out the 11, 12 million on document aliens and bring them out and pay, you know, we can talk about criteria. But keep in mind that I've always said this, we can talk about immigration reform, uh, and we can have different, I saw your report, uh, you know, your stance, it's a little different, but we can work it out. We really can, we can work it out. And I always say, talk about it, I'll raise my hand. I support full immigration reform. Maybe not the way it was done in 1986, but we can sit down and work it out. But it's got to be done. Sir, your question. You, you have uh, the law of unintended consequences. 
ever since the last major immigration bill in, 18, in 1986, you've had the border becoming more secure year after year. And it's gotten to the point where the last few years, uh, the cartels have not been able to ship all their, all their drugs. Uh, they're shipping half of them, or they're getting away with shipping half of them. So now they're, they've been forced to get people in northern Mexico addicted so that they can sell the surplus to them. Right. As time goes on, they're going to keep getting more and more Mexicans addicted. And I'm just curious uh, how long pro that process is going to continue until Mexico says, you know, we're not interested in working with you on, on, the, drug on the war on drugs. It sounds like he's asking you to, to speak for Mexican officials. I don't know if you guys want to or not, but... Well, 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 uh, yeah, we can't do that. That's up to... Uh, does, he have, does he have a point, though? Is, is there a narcotics well, problem no, in Mexico no, no. now? And, and that's a very excellent point. Look, 80% of all the cocaine that comes into Mexico, comes, I mean, it comes into the United States, comes through Mexico. I just got back uh, with uh, my friend uh, Michael McCall from the jungles of Colombia. We went to go see a cocaine lab. Uh, two things I learned. What they put in is amazing. Gasoline... Uh, acid. I mean, they put in all of this bad stuff. You know, you'd be amazed what they put in. The second thing I learned about that was that it takes two years from that cocaine to go from Colombia, let's say Central Mexico, and to hit to hit the streets of a city, an American city. It takes two years. So while it's there waiting, it's not like the old Miami vice where they get a helicopter, drop it off, or you know, speed. It's very different. It takes two years for that cocaine to get over here. So therefore. They got to do something with it, and, and it's right. Even the Mexicans are saying, we got a problem. We used to be a transit country. We're not a transit country anymore. It, the, 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 they're getting addicted. You know, so some of the problems that were well, only the Americans or other countries, they're seeing that in Mexico right now. That's a very good point, and this is something, of course, that only the Mexicans can answer, and we want to work with them. Commissioner, you want to add anything? Uh, I think the whole message here that we're really talking about is that our country needs to stand united and express the will to win. We don't want to express the will to maintain the status quo. We don't want to accept a new threshold for violence and uh, that we're going to accept where these drugs are just going to be run through our country. That's not what we want for our country, and we need to stand united and say we are going to take the steps to get it done to resolve it. Representative? Yes, uh, I serve on the border and intergovernmental affairs. I thought it was something to the Red River since I'm up there, and they said, no, it's the other border. Uh, I, I went to Iowa to help our governor uh, in his presidential campaign, and I was amazed to run to how many Iowans would come down as snowbirds. They don't come anymore. When I was in Laredo 10 years ago, we went across the border. We bought some stuff. We ate dinner. I was, went back a year and a half ago. They said, you can't go across. I said, I just want to, no, you don't do that. There's a change. Um, and it's sad. We went to a restaurant a year before that uh, in Westlaco, and the restaurant we went to used to be a restaurant across the border, and they said, we only have 15% of the, the uh, business that we did. Uh, again, so they're having to come with the border. My mother went to Del Rio. She's got great friends over there. There's a restaurant that used to be over there that's now on our side. Uh, there is an issue. And whether it's as real as people think or perceived as they think, the one thing that General McCaffrey did in his report before the, this last one, the first one, he said we have to invest in our, one of our major partners in this hemisphere with Mexico. And that's what you talked about. Both of you all talked about how do we invest with them. And I think it takes a presidential leadership. And so I would just challenge both of you 
that this next four years, regardless who the president is, that we all work together and hide the solution because I think it's been ignored and it's changed in the last 10 years. 10 years ago, I could go across the border. Now I can't. So th there are things that have changed dramatically. How do we get the next administration to focus, which means more boots, which means everything else we've talked about and making that investment with Mexico to solve, solve the problem over there? How do we go forward that way? Because I think it's going to take the president to do what the federal government's job is, which is protect the border. Last question, the gentleman behind you. Then, uh... Yeah, uh, I just want to bring up something that I think a couple other people have already brought up, um, and that's, I guess, the root causes of the drug problem. So what my question is, is what kind of pressure, or do you guys talk about, you know, in all the discussions you have, do you guys talk about the fact that um, we are the major consumers of the drugs uh, that are illegally transported here, um, and then the issues come down to, you know, education, parenting, you know, communities, stuff like that. I mean, there, there are a lot of different things that, that play into the problem. So what kind of pressure do you guys put on other organizations, uh, you know, not just um, law enforcement and, and, and uh, Border Patrol and stuff like that, but organizations outside of that that deal with children who, who, who use drugs and, you know, things like that? Question is, I mean, it sounds like community community efforts make a bigger difference, and how much pressure can you all as lawmakers put on them? They they certainly do. We know we have a host of ills in society today that come about from uh, children who don't have the right instruction from their parents. This is one that's exacerbated quite dramatically here today that we're dealing with, uh, and it is going to take leadership, as Representative Phillips talked about. It's going to take leadership to recognize that. Article 4, Section 4 of our United States Constitution says that our, the federal government's responsibility is to defend our borders. The state of Texas has spent almost a half a billion dollars of Texas taxpayer money directly toward defending our borders. And we have to have that commitment at all levels that this is our priority for spending. It is tough. I don't like a $16 trillion deficit, and I know the debt, and I know that you don't either. And so when we start looking at other programs, we need to make certain that these border security and issues are funded first. And that's how we're going to solve these problems. Congressman, community centers in Laredo doing a good job of it? Do you think? Yeah, well, not only Laredo. I mean, I think across the set of Texas, I think, uh, you know, nonprofits and other organizations have done a great job. And certainly, I've always taken the approach that this should be a comprehensive approach, uh, not only the border security, uh, and, and, and again, you know, without saying it's only this, because look, quite honestly, let's be real. If the president is a Republican, the Democrats are going to complain. And keep in mind that the Border Patrol plan that we have right now is based on President Bush, and President Bush is a friend of mine. Uh, if you have a, a Democrat president, then the Republicans are going to complain. I mean, that's just the reality, and it's, un it's unfortunate. I you know, try to be as bipartisan, and Todd does the same thing. We work together, we try to do this. Solutions out there are not political. You know, the Republicans don't have the best ideas. The Democrats don't have the best ideas. But together, guess what? We come up with pretty good ideas together. And this is what we need to do. Uh, not politicize the border, but come up with solutions. Uh, and certainly, uh, you know, I'll take any ideas that you might have, but it's co comprehensive. Now, uh, the representative, thank you very much. I, I, I understand exactly. I live on the other river, you know, the other, you know. And I've seen Nova Laredo. You lived there for a while, and I never saw you with a flak jacket and a helmet when you were reporting for the Laredo Morning Times. Uh, not the war zone itself, but we understand. As realists, we understand things have changed. No ifs, no buts, uh, buts about it. I've talked to my brother. I've talked to uh, different law enforcement, state, federal, local. We understand what's happening there. 
Uh, Mexico has changed. It's sad. You can't go up there, go to the Cadillac bar. You can't go up there the way you used to. I was there in Nuevo Laredo about a, a week ago, or two weeks ago. Uh, the new American consulate got, mm -hmm. uh, you know, had a little celebration. I got taken there and protect the vehicles, you know, with that thing. I mean, those were not the days where you could just go up there and have a raspa or have a, an elote or have something out there. Those are changed. This is what we're saying. It's going to be a long-term commitment with Mexico. It is a friend that we got to work with. We understand what's happening here, but understand that it didn't start in the middle of the river. It started not only in Mexico, but it started in some other countries. We got to work together as Democrats and Republicans. It's not, a, uh, it's, not a, uh, it's not a luxury, it's a necessity that we all work together for our own safeties. Folks, thank you all very much. And, 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 I, and we can certainly start by making certain that bar charts like this that show the buildup in our sister states, that we get the help and support that we need during the Lone Star State. Take political advertisement by the next lieutenant <laughs> governor candidate. <laughs> Appreciate y'all coming out. Uh, we have some... Uh, some food trucks that you guys have seen around the city of Austin parked in the South Mall on campus. If you guys want to go grab something to eat, appreciate it.